Are you ready to discover and unlock your full potential in God? Are you ready to release the power of God in your life? Or do you sense that purpose and destiny are beckoning you to take a leap of faith? If so, continue to listen to this episode. I want to welcome you to Conversations with Chris. I am your host, Christian T. Howell Sr. I'm going to share uncompromising truth and amazing insights as we partner with God on our journey to wholeness, purpose, and to pursue our callings and passion. Take a listen and please stay tuned to the end of the episode. I've got some exciting updates to share with you. See you in just a few minutes. Well, 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 once again, this is your updated episode of Conversations with Chris. I am so delighted and thrilled that you've taken this time out of your busy schedule to continue this conversation on this topic of relationships. Based off of your feedback, I know this has been helping you, and this week, it should be no different. We are going to continue talking about relationships. Welcome to all of my new overcomers, my old overcomers, my emerging overcomers. I want you to remember that whatsoever is born of God, it overcomes the world. And so that means you, my friend, you listening to me right now, you were born to be an overcomer. That's right. You are an overcomer. It does not matter what you've done, what's happened to you before now. It doesn't matter where you're born, who you were born with, where you grew up. It doesn't matter your mistakes, your your mishaps. None of that matters because your father created you to be an overcomer. That's right. Whatsoever, whosoever, anything that's birthed out by God, it's an overcomer. And you, my friend, you're going to get the victory in every relationship. In every relationship, whether it's with human, a company, uh, uh, anything, even your creator, you're going to master these relationships. And so you're going to get over these obstacles that have presented themselves. Listen, this pandemic that we've lived in in this year of 2021 has taken its toll on humanity. I know we're doing good. We say we're doing fine. But at the end of the day, my friend, it's hurting us. And we... Wow, we're struggling, we're surviving, we've adapted, but now it's time for us to come back and be grounded, to get settled again, and to really focus in on these relationships. In our previous episode, we talked about the necessity of having a healthy relationship with yourself, not just with your friends, your spouses, your children, your community, but everything revolves around you being congruent with yourself. And I want to take you further this week in this topic, in this thought, and in this exploration of having a healthy relationship with yourself. That's right. It's impossible to have a healthy relationship with everyone else and not fall in love with yourself. You see, we started with a passage in the Bible, Luke chapter 10, And it really starts in 25, but we'll go from 25 to 28. And I normally don't read this many passages, but I want to make sure you understand this in its proper context. And so in 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up 
and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to know this God kind of life, this life that is so amazing, that, that transcends here and beyond. What do I have to do to get that? What's the secret to having that life? And Jesus said unto him, what is written in the law, how readest thou? What's your interpretation? What do you think? And so in verse 27, he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Now, he, he's quoting the law here, the initial law given in the Old Testament, and he's saying, you should have, in order to have this kind of life, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And we described and we defined that the soul is yourself. It's your mind, your will, your emotions. It's what makes you distinctively you, makes you alive. It's your personality. It's, it's, it's the part of you that cannot be duplicated for all humans have flesh. We all have skin, ears, eyes. But our persona, our soul is so individually unique that it's the object of both God and the devil. So when we read 27, he says, we got to love our neighbor as ourself. But interestingly enough, before then, he said we have to be able to love God with all of us. That's right, all of us. Your mind, he quoted your heart, your soul, with all your strength and your mind. He described your whole soul. And so in reading this, we get an understanding that it's possible that you could partially love God or love God with part of you or present part of you and not all of you. And my friend, when we do that, we're not living a healthy life. You see, I want to explore a concept today if you just allow me to, that relationships are usually personality driven. And in that concept, we usually have what we call an authentic self and a false self. Now stick with me. This is going to be good. You see, as infants, we're born, we're created to be loved. Our father made us. He absolutely created us with the innate desire to be loved. You understand man was created to be in relationship with God, the epitome of love. And so as infants, we come out of the wound and there are two things we need. We need to be authentic and we need to be attached. Let me say that again, write these two things down. We need to be authentic and we need to be attached. You see, when a newborn baby is born, we, 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 we believe in skin-to-skin -skin contact. We, we do different things to provide a sense of attachment, of, of connection, of security for a newborn coming into this large world who's been shielded, who's been isolated, who's been separated and protected by the womb of a mother. Upon entering this world and feeling the harsh realities, the coldness, uh, uh, the lack of security, automatically and instinctively, the thing that soothes us the most is to be healthily attached, yeah, with the one that came, that we came from. You understand this, and I hope you understand the implications, that it literally means 
that we're born, we're wired to be healthily attached and connected to our creator. Our mother does it naturally, but we're longing for that connection with our creator. When this connection isn't formed healthily, well, you guessed it, all of a sudden different issues arrive. What happens usually during early childhood when we're not properly uh, able to attach we develop or we learn that it's not healthy to be authentic. We start compromising. We start, we, we, we do things that allow us to be accepted and not authentic. Let me say that again. We start craving acceptance and usually it's at the expense of our authenticity. That's how we create different personas. Now, before you say, I would never do that, I'm not guilty. Let's just take a quick inventory. For most people, including believers, you have many personas. There is a church persona. There's a certain attitude. There's a certain language. There's a certain uh, uh, way you carry yourself and dress yourself when you go to your local church assembly or gather together. But then you have a work persona. When you go to work, your language changes, your attire changes, your, 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 your posture changes. Sometimes even your whole appearance changes. Upon coming home, well, that's a whole different person because we do what it takes to be accepted in whatever environment we are. Unknowingly, if we're not careful, we'll become chameleons searching for acceptance because we don't believe our authentic self has been approved. Here is your current dilemma. If your heavenly father loves you unconditionally, loves you and accepts you the way he created you, when you start developing these other personas and personalities, it's possible that one day you may present the wrong person to your father. What happens when the work you shows up in front of your father and the real you stays at home. Come on, what happens when the church you shows up in front of your father and the real you is on vacation? You see, false personas are our way of surviving. Yeah, it's our way of, of, of being accepted. It's, it's our way of, of feeling approved and affirmed. And unfortunately, it's not who God made you to be. You see, even in relationships, oftentimes, because we don't believe whoever we're relating to will accept the real us, we'll do what it takes to become compatible, even if it means compromise. Well, I'm not saying we shouldn't compromise, but at the expense of losing the real you, of suppressing the real you, or neglecting the real you, it's never worth it. You see, if we don't have enough emotional support or social support, then we absolutely deflate our identity or we inflate it. That's a whole nother concept. But I want to make sure you understand that this false security, this false self, it's protective in nature. It is, it is how we protect ourselves from being really hurt, from being 
ostracized from feeling the effects of not being accepted, affirmed, or approved. It helps us. It prevents us from being vulnerable. And at the end of the day, it absolutely teaches us to hide. Well, that's kind of interesting because Adam hid himself because he thought he was one way and his father saw him a different way. Your false self, it's its who you really uh, want others to see you. It's, it's how you want them to see you. It's how you want them to perceive you. Your false self is who you present to others for acceptance or approval. But your true self, that's the person who you really wish you could be all the time. Now, I'm not knocking anyone because as children growing up, we usually develop a false persona. We learn what to do to please our parents, even if it's not in our heart to do. The harsh realities of impending punishment, facing punishment, facing uh, uh, deprived liberties, it teaches us to perform and not be real. You see, unfortunately, we take that same ideology, that same concept, and we apply it to our Heavenly Father. And we start performing. We start appearing to be whoever we think He wants us to be. Let me ask you a question. If you're to love your neighbor as yourself, but you have to hide yourself, protect the real you, is it possible, really, to love your neighbor fully, to embrace your neighbor fully, if you're hiding the real you? Which part of you is really in the relationship? And that is where we get our problems. Because at some point in the relationship, 99.9% of the times, the real you always shows up. It may be at the most inopportune time. It may be at a time we least need it to be. It just may be. But unfortunately, when your guard is let down, when, when you feel extremely comfortable and the threat is gone, you seem like you've obtained approval. The real you shows up. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone and it seemed like all of a sudden they changed? who they were, you're still trying to figure out where is this person? Where did they come from? How long? And you start asking, is there another one of you? Absolutely, there is. There's more than one. They presented whoever you needed them to be. They presented themselves in a way to get your approval, to get your affirmation. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the real them. And don't blame them. They don't know any better. They're just simply seeking to be approved, affirmed, and accepted. They really don't know. But at the end of the day, the challenge still becomes, I'm not congruent. And if I'm doing this in my relationships, I'm probably doing this with God. There is a huge challenge if I'm to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, all my mind, I'm probably presenting that false person. 
the person I believe he wants, the person I believe that my church wants me to be, the person I believe the Bible says I should be, I'm presenting that person to God and I become trapped as that person and that person starts appearing in every relationship I get into. There's just one challenge. The real you is still longing. It's crying out. The real you becomes empty. The real you becomes deprived, becomes depressed because you can only deflate your identity for so long. If you have to inflate it, then you become fatigued. You become agitated because you can only overdo it for so long. You see, it happens early in life. But at the end of the day, it really becomes our whole life. You ask, what happens to the real you then? What, 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 where is the real me? If you're in a relationship with someone who has a false persona, if you're, if you're dealing with people who seem to be a chameleon, who, who seem to flip-flop their views, come on, let's, let, come on, let's be honest for a moment. Many believers allow our views to be driven by the culture. If we're in a relationship, we seem to cater to whatever the other person likes. Isn't that frustrating that they like whatever you like? They have no distinct preferences of their own. Come on, that's false. We can be agreeable and not agree on everything. We can have peace and harmony and still desire different things. But the real lack of peace comes from when the real me doesn't show up because there's a conflict on the inside that's starting to erupt on the outside. That real you, it slips out. It slips away. Yeah, and it's hidden away your, in your unconscious mind. It's hidden. You don't even know it anymore. And sometimes it's just hard to access and get back to the real you. But don't worry, my friend. We're not going to leave you in a bad place. God is calling the real you to emerge and come back to his presence and then present and represent yourself to people you're in a relationship with. You see, this is going to be painful because this applies to most of us. Your false self, it allows a, a level of success by always accommodating to others' expectations. Let me say that again. That false self, it allows or gives a perception to a level of success by always accommodating to others' expectations because in the end of the day, we hope to connect and gain approval. It's about time you finally say there are some things I cannot do. No, I've done it for a long time, but it's not the real me. Now, I'll do whatever it takes in reason. But should I have to lose myself in order to be in a relationship? What does it really profit a man to lose his soul, but to gain the whole world? You mean to tell me that the relationship you're trying to get into is more valuable than the one that you have with yourself, the person your creator made you to be? Absolutely not. 
It is not the will of the Father for you to have to pretend to be, for you to have to uh, uh, put on. Now, this may get a little touchy. Just stay with me. I'm with I'm with dressing up the outer appearance, makeup, external hair, different clothing. That's all beautiful. It's wonderful. It has its proper place. But at the point, I'm making myself up just to be accepted, to get in, to be approved. No, I've got to love myself more because at some point, I'm not going to be able to make up anymore. I'm, I'm not going to be able to pretend. What happens when you have a bad day and you run late and you don't have time to flip the hair? You don't have time to put the lashes on. You forget your makeup is not in your purse and you have to get to work. You have to get to church. And the real you shows up. Let me ask you a question. Do people in relationship really know the real you? Have they ever seen the real you? Are you comfortable enough to present the real you and just be okay knowing that you are who you are and that at the end of the day, you're still fearfully and wonderfully made? You're the apple of your father's eye. You are simply amazing and you're not put here for everyone's approval. But come on, I have to approve of me. You see, I was doing a counseling and a therapy session with someone who had a scar. And their scar was in such a place in such a way that it could not be hidden. Now, they felt very bad. Their, their scar caused them to have their own insecurities. For they saw their scar more than they saw themselves. Stick with me. We're almost finished. They saw themselves as their scar. Their scar was an ever reminder of what they went through, of what happened to them, of the pain, the trauma, the abuse and neglect that happened at the expense of someone else's hands. That scar reminded them of what they had to do to survive, how they had to escape. It reminded them of how they had to perform to not suffer at the hands of someone else. That scar, although small, was a huge reminder of massive pain, of massive discomfort. It was just a ugly reminder of something they wish they could forget. Well, their insecurity caused them to always try to hide it to the point they could cover it up. They'd avoid it. They'd, they'd shift their position on a regular basis. Depending on who was watching, they shift their view. You see, they did whatever it took to not let people see the real them. If someone approached them from the left, they slightly shifted towards the right. If someone came from behind, they knew which way to turn to really conceal the real them. At some point in time, they grew tired, they grew fatigued, they grew fr frustrated. They, they were absolutely vexed. They were just simply wiped and worn because at the end of the day, it took so much energy and effort for them to be consciously aware of their scar. But the problem was, in their mind, they believed everyone else saw what they saw. 
they had a reality moment in a session that no one sees their scar the same way that they see the scar. You see, someone may see the marking, but they don't know the story. They don't know the pain. They don't know how you got it. So the value of the scar is different based off who's looking at it. When they got the reality that their scar did not define them, it helped refine them. They got the reality that that scar was simply a reminder of what they've overcome and the victories they have won. Then they did not see it the same way anymore. You see, even the people that they want to be in relationship with, they never felt good enough because they knew at some day someone would catch them and they wouldn't be able to hide their scar. They thought their scar would make them unlovable, unacceptable, unapproachable, unapprovable. But my friend, I'm here to tell you that the scar that people are hiding, it's what makes you unique. It's what makes you wonderful. It doesn't change your value. It adds to it. A $100 bill in America still has the same value, whether it's straightened, wrinkled, or balled up. It still keeps its value. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You don't have to hide the real you to be accepted. Your flaws and scars, although they may vex you, you've got to get healed of your own image. You've got to get healed of how you see you. You've got to fall in love with your creator and his creation all over again. You've got to begin to really understand that the father loved you so much before anything happened wrong that he sent his son and paid the price for your freedom. Listen, that in itself is more than enough to cause me to fall in love with the real me and at some point tell the rest of the world, if I'm good enough for my father, I'm good enough for everyone else. I want to really challenge you. Let the real you come alive. If they don't approve, it's okay. We can still have relationship based off what we like and what we approve. We don't have to fall out of relationship. We don't have to fall out of agreement because we're different. We can learn to affirm our differences. We can learn to celebrate them and send a powerful message that I really approve of you just the way your father made you. I want to challenge you, be the agent of healing to others. Don't make others have to perform for you. Let them be real. Let them be authentic. Let them know you love them. You approve them. You accept them even with their shortcomings. They're striving for perfection. But my friend, they may not get there until we cross over. If you're the one who's been presenting a false self, who's been dumbing down, who's been deflating or inflating your identity, stop it today. Come on. Your father loves you. You're perfectly made. Your mistakes don't define you. They don't limit you. And they sure don't hinder you. They simply are part of your story and God's going to get the glory out of it. You want to know how to make your relationships better with your heavenly father and your friends and family? 
Well, I'm here to tell you, let the real you show up. At the end of the day, it may take a minute or two to adjust to the real you, even for yourself. But I promise you, life is so much more peaceful. It is so much more enjoyable. There's so much more freedom, liberty, and happiness. When you can be authentically you and then love your neighbor as much as you love the real you. I challenge you this week. I challenge you. Strip off all the other labels. Put to rest these other personas. Let the Lord love you. Let him minister to you. And let the real you stand up. I'm challenging you today. Will the real you stand up? Will the real you fall in love with Jesus Christ and let Jesus Christ love the real you? Can you let him accept the real you? Flaws and all. Once you get that acceptance, I promise you, it's easier to approach a hard world when you have the love of your father. Hey, I'm counting on you to overcome this because you're born of God and you were created as an overcomer. See you on our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Conversations with Chris podcast. If you like what you heard today, you can visit www.christiantheowell.com for more information concerning books, blogs, information on spiritual growth and development, and even some of the services we provide, such as coaching, therapy, and deliverance sessions. Also, you can find more information about all that we do at www.overcomersmovement.org. Listen, we are everywhere on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Apostle Chris or look for Overcomers Movement. Look, I enjoyed this time with you today. Before we leave, please take a moment at the end and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If this session has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend, spread the word, Tell them that Conversations with Chris is happening every week. Listen, our hearts are for you. You are born of God. You are an overcomer. You have the victory, and we'll see you next week. Take care.